Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 89 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers here, as always, with Megan Francis. And today is one of our More Than Mom Hour episodes, which is really fun. So if you're not familiar, every once in a while, Megan and I set aside parenting and mom-related and family-rearing topics, and we kind of chat about all kinds of things that relate to our lives outside of motherhood. So we talk style, we talk about what books we're reading and what TV we're watching and all kinds of stuff, creativity and work and hobbies. And today we're going to kind of do it under the under the idea of starting something new. We're in the midwinter months right now. Life can be kind of uh, routine. Bleak. If Bleak. Gosh, do we really want to make a sound? <laughs> Life is just meaningless and hopeless. And gosh, we need something to do. We need to spice it up. No, so we're yeah. going to we're going to kind of unpack this idea of trying new things. Everything from trying a new recipe to getting into a new TV show to trying a new hobby. And why, you know, why that's important for moms to do here and there in life. You know, we love our routines as moms, and some of us are more likely to try new things than others. So we're going to chat about that and maybe um, chat about some of the new things we are trying lately in our lives. Um, and it's going to be fun. Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post Sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion, and because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. 
Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. This episode is sponsored by Olive in June, and Sarah, I am just so grateful that I have mastered the art of doing my nails at home. When I look down at my cute manicure, I feel a little more pulled together, no matter how crazy life is at the moment. Thankfully, Olive and June's Manny system makes it so easy and affordable to make Manny time a regular part of my weekly routine. Well, I know the feeling, Megan, and I think it's so fun that with Olive and June, you get to customize your Manny system with your choice of six polishes, plus their top coat is included. So Katie on our team says that she has lately been layering some of their iridescent colors over their gel-like polishes, and the final result looks super shimmery and pretty. I might have to try that this spring. Yeah, and Olive and June press-ons are another cool option. They look so real, and I think it would be a great way to test out another nail shape. A long almond shape is popular right now, and I'm kind of curious what that would look like on me. Okay, well, keep me posted on that one. Listeners, visit oliveandjune.com slash themomhour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. Yeah. Shall we jump in? I want to, you know, before we start this topic, I feel like um, I want to, I don't know, like set the stage here a little bit because I know that we talk a lot about pursuing your passions as a mom and like doing that thing that's you're meant to do. And I want to make it clear that in this episode, at least I'm talking about not stuff you're meant to do by any means, <laughs> like stuff you just kind of want to try, like not yeah. stuff that you're necessarily going to be really good at. Um, I think there's a weird perfectionism that we sometimes get when we're moms, like it's not worth doing something that takes us away from motherhood unless it's going to be like something we're awesome at. Oh, I think that's, I think that's so right. And really kind of insidious if you think about it, like, like let's pursue this passion, but only if it provides us deep spiritual meaning and ultimately brings financial security to our family. (laughs) No pressure, no pressure, no pressure or anything, you know, (laughs) but, uh, and sometimes that just means we stick to the same things or we go for the sure thing or we don't do anything because we don't know what that thing is. And so, I mean, I don't even look at trying new things as necessarily a path to some kind of passion or paid, you know, paid um, undertaking. Sometimes that's a happy accident and it can lead there. But I'm just talking about plain old playing around and wasting time. I love that. And dabbling. Dabbling (laughs) is a good word. Yeah. Because we we, we kind of, you know, we don't have a lot of time to dabble as busy moms. But keeping that as a practice, I think, is fun. And I'd love to cover kind of all different, I mean, all different kind of ways we can try new things. It can be in your wardrobe. It could be in your, you know, just just being in that practice of letting letting there be room for experimentation. It can be in your LaCroix. (laughs) a new LaCroix flavor hey it is trying something new and I have done I have done a lot of that so (laughs) I love that well I thought one place would be fun to start Megan um is the difference between your personality and mine when it comes to novelty and trying new things um longtime listeners we've talked about our kind of our differences in our personalities before and this is probably one of the ways where it's most clearly illustrated so what do you think about or how do you respond to the idea of trying something new whether it's a a new hobby or a new lipstick color or a new recipe so in theory i'm great at at trying new things like a new lipstick color yes absolutely a new flavor of something yeah you know new food yes where I fall apart is the planning and the execution. So, hmm. for example, I have a, an embroidery kit sitting on my desk that I purchased two years ago. 
it's just been sitting here for two years because mm-hmm. I never made the time to take it out of the box and like <laughs> set aside time to go sit down. A couple of years ago, I was actually, you know, two, three years ago, I was actually very into embroidery. I was embroidering all the time and finished a project and then moved on to this next one that was like a different kind. And for some mm-hmm. reason, just kind of just not having a plan for it kind of paralyzed me. So when it's like the quick fly, like just off the fly thing, I'm great. Um, when it's right. something that requires me to set aside real time or not do something else, you know, to make room for it, that's where I falter a bit. What about you? That's, yeah, that's interesting. So, um, you know, I love, I love my routines and I love yes. my predictability. And so I would say that I'm actually good at incorporating something new into my life. And you're going to laugh if there is like some kind of way I can plan for it, <laughs> but hear me <laughs> out. So yeah. let's say I'm, I'm going to take, let's say I'm going to sign up for shoot along and take a photography course, or let's say I'm going to switch up my workout schedule and start going to a yoga class. If I can um, do a little research, kind of read up about something, talk to people who've done it and then look at my calendar, my life and see how that fits in. I actually really love, like I loved, I used to love a new school year. I used to love starting new classes and I love, I love um, changing up my routine every once in a while where I can look at it and say, Oh, this is going to be great. Cause now I'm going to be, you know, out of the house at this time or this child's on this school schedule. So I actually love a refresh of rhythms and routines. Um, so I'm probably more likely to do something like that where maybe I'm signing up for something or, you know, starting a new hobby that I can sort of plan my way into as opposed to being spontaneous about a purchase or, you know, when I sit down, put it this way, when Brian and I sit down to watch our TV at night, I'm not very likely to say, Hey, you know what we should watch is that one show we've heard great things about. Like if I'm going to watch a new show, (laughs) cause I'm already in my routine. Does that make sense? Whereas like if if we talk about it and we're like, Oh yeah, that's going to be great. You know, let's start that this weekend or whatever. Then I can plan for it. I don't know. It sounds silly. It doesn't sound silly to me. It's just one, you know, it's just a difference. And um, I think we could both learn something from each other because for me that, you know, I'm happy to like make the purchase or make the impulse decision to go to a different class. What I lack sometimes I just expect it to magically happen. Like I yeah. purchased the, the supplies. Now the time to put those supplies into action is just going to magically appear. And I don't always plan for it. So I could probably stand to borrow a little of your planning and maybe you could stand to borrow a little <laughs> of my spontaneity. I agree. We, we balance each other out. So why, you know, why do you think this is kind of a healthy place for moms to be getting into this idea of being open to trying new things or the practice of dabbling? Yeah. Well, one thing I think I will say is like when you're in the thick of it, you don't really have time for a lot of dabbling. And um, what I also noticed is that then your kids get big and it feels like suddenly your your free time. Um mm-hmm it doesn't just increase in little increments. You know what I mean? Like you've got little, little children and then suddenly you've got preschool. Yeah. So you've suddenly got hours and hours a day and then suddenly you've got school. And so then suddenly you've got like a full week. And, um, and if if your kids are, you know, if you're not working during the day, that can be like a lot of time. Yeah. And you run out, you run out of practice on how to fill that time. You don't really know how to like jump into something anymore. And I find personally not being prepared for that led me to kind of do a lot of um, mindless stuff that I didn't mm-hmm. really, that didn't really fulfill me like mindless Facebook scrolling, yep. um, mindless media consumption, stuff like that. I think if I'd been more practiced when my kids were getting bigger, when they were little, if I'd kind of kept flexing that muscle, then when I was faced with having more free time in my hands, I would have just been more, a little more, I guess, aggressive about using right. it 
in a way that I really wanted to use it. So that's one thing. I also think it's nice just to do stuff for yourself sometimes and not to have, like we were talking about, not to have this idea that every single thing you do has to be for the benefit of your family or your financial future or like your, you know, deepest innermost spiritual (laughs) growth. I mean, sometimes it's fun just to do something just for the fun of it. I totally agree. Um, when I interviewed Donia Bumgarner a few weeks ago for one of our bonus interviews, we had a great conversation about that, about, um, you know, taking the pressure off that things have to be significant or, you know, weighty in your life, you know, that that play and spontaneity and doing something just because you enjoy it is so valuable and how how kind of insidious that story is. We tell ourselves that that that's the absolute last priority is to do something yep. just for fun. Um, well, I totally agree. A couple of other reasons I can think of is that I think sometimes when we shake things up or we try something new, um, it has a trickle effect on other parts of our lives that we didn't even see coming. So okay. let's use, I'll use the lipstick example. Like I, I recently, I decided to wear more actual colored lipstick, like not chapstick or a light gloss, but buy a few colors. Well, when I put on brighter lipstick, it makes me think, Oh, like maybe this would look good with this outfit or maybe this is maybe I like this look and I feel like those little catalysts can make you think differently about you know whatever for me maybe it was my wardrobe or how I was wearing my hair that day but it's the little it's the little changes that sometimes get you thinking differently about what's happening in the rest of your life and I think that's true in creativity it's true in our I mean I think uh, recipes and cooking is a great example you try one new recipe which helps you learn how to use that one ingredient that you hadn't really paid attention to and all of a sudden you're seeing opportunities to use that technique or that ingredient in other parts of your cooking so I think that's another I was going to say in in the case of the lipstick and in the cooking it's a risk right but then you build the confidence because it's like you're taking it is a risk to wear like red lipstick right (laughs) you know we talked about that like that's a big difference but like you do it once and then oh you know yeah you can do it again yes I agree so I think having that being open to that and having that as a practice just like you said not getting out of the habit um, I think sometimes the little the little trickle downs can surprise us so yeah um, well do you have anything new that you have tried recently it could be anything a book well, a recipe I'm, a class yeah I'm actually looking at taking a pole dancing class nice <laughs> because, okay it's at so it's totally legit my clothes will be on Um, It is at a yoga studio, but I don't know if I've ever told you this, but one of my earliest dreams was to be a pole dancer. So (laughs) I don't think I knew that. I I didn't. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't know what that meant. I just remember that my when I was like maybe three or four years old in our basement by our laundry, there was, you know, those like those poles that like held up your basement and they have holes in them. You know, that's all I, I can. And they're perfect for like a little kid to dance on. And I remember dancing on one and my mom making some comment about how I looked like a pole dancer. And I didn't know what she was talking about. And I thought that that would be the coolest thing, like to be a pole dancer. Um, Right. You know, then I learned as I grew and matured that that was not something that my parents would want me to strive for necessarily. But now it's kind of legit. Like there are classes and it's very athletic. I mean, it's more like Cirque du Soleil than, you know, um, deja vu, but it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> but it's just something I think looks really athletic and fun. And like, I, I don't know, it, it's like this innocent thing for me, like how fun it was to like spin on a pole, not like yeah. how fun it was to spin on a pole, stilettos and 
glitter all over myself. So there is a, I just, I just noticed the other day in my, um, one of the yoga studios that I've gone to, um, a little ad popped up and it looks like they're teaching pole dancing. And I think I'm going to do it. Awesome. So when it like, how, so what steps? No, I can't beat that at all. But because I'm the planner, what steps do you need to take to make that happen? Like, do you know when and where it is? I don't know anything. Okay. I don't know anything at all. For me, it will probably be a very spontaneous thing. It'll probably, this is one nice thing about Facebook. Now that I hovered over that ad, it'll probably pop back up for me again. Yes. You know, true. Um, and I'll go jump on it and sign up. But what I, but you know, to your point, it's also possible I could forget or miss it. So I think what I will do is after we're done recording, I think I'll get out my credit card and go sit down in front of the computer and sign up awesome. and look at my well, calendar and make sure I can fit it in and all that good stuff. You can report back. You can report I will. Back. <laughs> and I'm going to take pictures of myself pole dancing and I'm going to have pole selfies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so follow Megan on Instagram at <laughs> Megan Francis. <laughs> No, I cannot beat, I cannot beat pole dancing. I'm trying to think of what's new. Okay. So I mentioned lipstick. So in the style department, this is maybe three or four months ago, but, um, remember you and I had that funny conversation like two years ago where we were together at a conference and I said, you know, I, I used to wear just chapstick and I feel like it was fine. And now I just feel like my lips don't have any color. And you like, without missing a beat, you were like, yeah, that's because as you age, all the color drains from your face. I was like, Oh, <laughs> I think I also said all the life drains from your face. Yeah, like even the, more dramatic. Like, yes, yes. it's a real thing. <laughs> so anyway, that happened. Um, yeah. And but just I think what actually made it easier for me was keeping a variety of lipsticks where I do my makeup in the morning. I had this thing before I was keeping lipstick in my purse, which seems convenient, except I would just never remember that it was there or I wouldn't have a mirror. So I would just quickly put on chapstick. So putting lipstick on actually in the morning when I'm doing the rest of my getting ready, um, it has just become a habit. And then it makes me like now when I look at myself and I think, Oh, I'd like a little lipstick. And I've just, I've been playing as we, as we discussed dabbling in different colors and different, um, brands. I'm a, we've talked before. I'm a drugstore target drugstore aisle, uh, makeup buyer. I like, I like Revlon a lot for lipsticks. Um, I'll try to link to a couple, but, um, I have been playing more with color. I got one that's hot pink like almost reminds me of like the wet and wild lipstick i had in like 91 9091 and it's it's right on the border of like i can't tell if this is like fun and edgy and feminine or really terrible but i just wear it i, I wear it anyway sometimes i find that lipstick wearing bright lipstick can you know like offset having a messy bun or right. you know the eyes so tired yeah. or not really having done much with your clothes yeah i totally yeah. agree it's a style yeah thing. Let's it's get, a let's very really... new very new style thing for me because i was i was always a chapstick or a lip gloss girl even if i did my eye makeup i just never bothered with lipstick so let's really dive into this i really want to dig deep into <laughs> the finer points of switching up your lipstick because something you just said kind of um spoke to me and that i just keep mine in my purse and i bet you if i went and dumped my purse right now like six identical or nearly identical lipsticks would fall out because i just buy the same ones over and over they're in my purse so i yeah. forget they exist and then i just buy another one in that same color um so i want to like dive into this a little bit more because <laughs> honestly this well it's a good example of something yeah. that like won't happen if you don't kind of think about it and make it happen. Yeah. So one obstacle for me would be that I've trained myself out of doing a lot of lengthy shopping. I don't really mm-hmm. hang out in the makeup aisle anymore. Um, there would need, I would need to set aside time. Another mm-hmm. obstacle for me is that I also like drugstore brands. However, 
when you're doing something like experimenting with a new shade or a new like formula, because I'm feeling like if I was going to go, I usually use like glosses or really light lipsticks. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I was going to switch it up and go dark or bright, I would want probably like a stain or something that had, Uh that went on really smoothly or whatever. So is there any value in like going to Sephora and playing there or something like that? I mean, just one for me, I feel like if I go to the drugstore, I'm going to stay away. I'm going to still stay away from those bright colors because I'm going to be not as confident about how they're going to look. Well, I have a couple of things to say about that. One's a practical tip. And that is one way that I started experimenting was I would find a lip gloss I liked in a lighter color. And I knew I liked the feel and the, you know, just the overall feeling of it. And then I would buy that same one in a bolder color. Does that make sense? So then, then I was at least taking the guesswork out of, you know, how does this feel when it goes on? What's the little applicator like? Do I like this? Does, you know, do I feel like the quality is good? And I had a couple in lighter, more neutral color. And then I bought them again. That's the hot pink one was um, one that I had in kind of a nude. And then I went back to that same aisle and I was like, I wonder how this would be in a brighter color. So that was just that tip. But I love your idea of Sephora. And that would be a super fun way to go play with new colors. I think, yeah, just like we're saying, having the forethought to set aside that time is not something I've done, at least on the lipstick front, but. Well, I don't live near a Sephora. So (laughs) this is totally theoretical. I do live near an Ulta. So maybe that would be an option. Right. Um, Right. But the nice, the other nice thing about that is that that then makes it very clear what you're there for. You are there to play. You are there to have fun. Yeah. You're not necessarily there to like squeeze in a quick lipstick purchase while you're also buying, you know, diapers or paper towels or whatever else you're there for. Um, That's so true. is, Is a little bit different, right? Yeah, totally. And we forget sometimes, um, you know, a lot of us are cost conscious, budget conscious. Um, We forget, and this sounds so cliche, but let's say even that you splurged on a more high end lip color, we forget the little incremental boost of mood and happiness and confidence. I mean, this sounds like I said, super corny, but it's so true that like that one out of pocket thing, if it really does bring you joy can really be worth it, you know? And sometimes when we're just looking at the itemized receipt and it feels like, well, you know, I could have bought, like you said, a roll of paper towels and instead I bought lipstick, but I don't think it's quite, it's not a, it's not a zero sum game in that way. That's so true. And I have to say the other thing, um, this is totally inspiring me by the way, to go play around a makeup <laughs> or something is that, you know, if you're going to make a big switch, like say you've never worn a bright color before and now you're going to try it. I feel like having the ability to go try a bunch and maybe get some feedback from a salesperson who knows what they're talking about and that kind of thing might make that feel a little less risky. I have a feeling like I yeah. could end up with a makeup bag full of bright colors I never wear, but maybe right. having that one person kind of show me how to put it on and like direct me towards something that fits my lifestyle and all that maybe take some of the guesswork out of it and would make it more likely that I would use it and really get the value out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, this is reminding me, I don't think on this show, have I talked about the favorite things party that I went to or the concept of a favorite things party? I don't think I've talked about it on the show, so I'll repeat myself just in case. But, um, so I've been to, have you ever heard of a favorite things party? I think maybe you told me about it. Okay. It's, (laughs) it's, it's like a gift exchange, but instead of being a secret Santa type of thing, you bring, um, a small, a small, um, dollar amount item that's your favorite thing. So in this case, a lip gloss that you love and you bring three of them to a party, like a girly girls night type of party and through a process of like grab bag number switching, I always forget how it works, but it ends up being really fun. You end up leaving with three different items that are other people's favorite things. Does that make sense? Love so my three, that. my three lip glosses, I would have bought three of the same thing, but they go home with three different people. And then I come home with 
I've been to, um, my neighbor has done one twice and my friend Myra, who listens to this show, um, have hosted them twice. Um, but I've come home with stuff that one time it was a water bottle, just like a, like a stainless steel water bottle that I wouldn't have bought myself. But now I know that that's a great brand of water bottle, you know, and I've come home with makeup items, um, like a super comfy pair of socks. And it was all, you know, each thing was under 10 or $15. So if you're inspired by this conversation to kind of mix up, you know, all of your friends' favorite things, it's such a great way to discover new products. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's super fun and really social. And yeah. Yeah. And what a great thing for like a, a mom, a group of mom friends to do to kind of like, then you're benefiting from other people playing around and, yes. and experimenting, but you don't have to necessarily put all the time in to do it yourself. You're getting, yeah, and it almost you're getting forces the benefit. You to, yeah, it forces you to try those new things, you know, because right. you're not in the store making a purchase decision. You just come home with three things that you would not otherwise have known about. So I love that. I love, um, yeah, well, I don't want to dwell on lipstick for too long, but <laughs> I will say the lipstick thing made me think of one more potential, I don't know, like just using lipstick as an example. Yes. Do you feel like, there's practice involved, you know, when you buy it, when you started using a brighter color, did you feel like then you had to kind of go in the bathroom and like, like you did when you were a teenager, like lock yourself in the bathroom a while and play with it. I mean, I feel like that's part of it, right? It's practicing this new thing. Like the way I'm going to dance on every pole I pass (laughs) after I take a pole dancing class, you won't be able to get me off the poles. So yeah, I do. And, and like I, like I talked about, I think it can trickle into like, Oh, how do I like this? Like super high messy bun with the red lipstick or like this pair of sunglasses is a little much with the hot pink. lipstick. Right. Like, yeah. So I think it kind of, yes, I do think there's an element of that, the fun, the play, the dress up aspect. Um, and then that trickles over for sure in other areas of fashion and style and earrings and, um, that ability to play with our appearance and with our, you know, who we are, it's different than 15 years ago. So I think yeah. it's great. Um, I want to, I want to dwell really quickly, not dwell. I want to touch really quickly on um, being a little selfish about this time too. I, with my embroidery um, adventures, mm-hmm. um, I, I really enjoyed when I was embroidering before and I've really been wanting to get back into it. One of the things I'm going to say, I'm not going to say it was a mistake, but one of the things I did that I think made it a little less fun was that I thought of it as something Clara and I could do together. And I bought her a needlepoint kit. Um, just mm. one of those, like a cross stitch kind of deal. Or needle, I know they're two different things. I don't remember whether it was needlepoint or cross stitch, but it was like a kid's package, right? I think right. she was a little young for it. She couldn't mm-hmm. do it independently. And I have to say it made embroidery a whole lot less fun for me because every time I pulled out my kit, she wanted to pull out hers. And then I basically had to spend most of my time helping her with hers, which was a hot mess. So I'm wondering how do we like, I don't know, kind of walk that line between wanting to share activities with our kids and wanting stuff that's just for us. I'm thinking right. like of, you know, Violet following you in the bathroom and wanting you to put yes. lipstick on her every time you're yes. playing. Sometimes that's fun. Sometimes it's not. Have you run into yeah. that with stuff like this? Yeah, absolutely. The first thing that came to mind actually was um, like being in the kitchen. I'm not a huge baker or cookie decorator, but when I do take on a baking something, I really like it to kind of be my thing. And as we've talked about on the show, I have a almost nine-year-old now who's really interested in cooking and has become a pretty good chef. So I've had to find the the ways to set boundaries for myself where, no, I don't really want your help. (laughs) I want, this is like, this is me feeling creative, whether it's cooking a dinner or baking or frosting cupcakes or something where it is fun for me. It's a creative outlet for me. And I don't really want an eight year old's 
in muddy it. paws in there <laughs> muddy paws, um, yeah. versus versus let's do this together and get messy and let you do it your way. So I do think that, yeah, sometimes there uh, you need to draw boundaries. If it's something that feels really fun and indulgent for you, you don't have to let your kids join into it. I mean, we talked a couple, two weeks ago now about spending one-on-one time with our kids and setting aside time where you really do let your child's interests lead the way. This is the opposite of that. <laughs> this, right. is, Absolutely. this is, you know, taking time to find what makes you tick and enjoying that. And then if there's a natural overlap, um, just to use a different example, I love musical theater and Broadway as do you. And we've talked about it. And I was probably a year late to get into the Hamilton soundtrack. I wasn't like a super early adopter, but once I did, um, I, you know, it's fantastic and we have it on in our house all the time. And, um, my kids are also into it now. And that's been a fun one. You know, I love, I love listening to show tunes. In this case, my kids love the same show tunes and it, it just worked out that we can all enjoy it together. But there are, yeah, I think, I think it's okay to draw those boundaries. Yeah. And sometimes you can have both like, you know, you can yeah. listen to the Hamilton soundtrack with your kids, but that doesn't mean if Hamilton tickets popped up in your area, oh, yes. um, you'd take your kids. <laughs> you know, it's like that has that has come up, actually, <laughs> because if it, when it comes to L.A., Brian and I might have that in our we might we might splurge. It's it's would yeah. be I, we, we don't know yet for sure. But Allegra has asked if it if you guys go, can I go? And I've just said, you know, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Like they get to enjoy it. They're going to be adults one day. They're going to be able to like have their own $17,000 to spend on Broadway tickets. (laughs) So you Um, you, you don't have to have it be both. um, Yeah. And and the worst thing would be to have that, that high that we get when we're trying something new or exploring a new hobby get squashed by, you know, our kids doing the same thing. I think you get to have, you get to have stuff that's just for you. Um, Absolutely agree. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya, is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the high vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I would 
love to talk a little bit about when, when it's time to choose new media. So a new book to read or new music to discover or a new show to watch. Um, you know, I, we've talked a lot. I love, we love TV in our house. We love getting into a new series. Um, do you, do you find that you go toward the same types of media over and over again? Do you have trouble breaking into new, like novels are really hard for me. It's really hard for me to decide to read a new novel because I'm not in the habit we've talked about. I, I almost need somebody to give me a novel and say, Hey, this is really good. You'll like it. And then I'll read it. Yeah. But how's that for you? So that's my sister is that person for me, Catherine. Um, she is a like, uh, obsessive reader. She would not be mad at me, at me for using that word. <laughs> She's got like 17 books going at any given time. So I just ask her, she just gives me books. I don't even bother really. I like to go to the bookstore um, just for this, just because I enjoy the process and I will right. stand there and take pictures of books and send them to her and be like, what about this one? What about this one? Until she tells me what to buy <laughs> because yeah. I am so often disappointed. I just have a very specific taste when it comes to fiction. Right. And you know, it's, I've just read a lot of books a lot of forgettable to me books um, that just weren't my style. So I would really rather she just recommend something when it comes to TV. I have to say, I'm just kind of a lemming. I like, I listen to what people are saying and yeah. if something looks good and enough people are talking about it all at once. I did that with stranger things. I did that with the OA, which I just watched on Netflix. What's the um, OA? The OA is a kind of like a, it's really hard to explain. It's kind of like sci-fi fantasy drama. Oh. It's uh, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. It's it's out there and a little weird at times. I totally binge watched it like in I don't know a matter of four days maybe, but it's only eight episodes. Um, it's really really well done, and I, that was something I wouldn't ever have picked that based on the um, the cover art or the description. It was it just one day my Facebook feed was blown up with people talking about the OA. Okay, so I just jumped on the trend on the bandwagon. Other times it takes me years. Like I didn't watch Arrested Development, which is one of my very favorites. I know you're watching that right now. Yeah. I didn't watch that until it had been over for a while. Like people had already been telling me to watch it for years. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I finally got around to it. Same with Lost. We didn't watch yeah. that until it had been over for a while. So, you know, sometimes something just sticks in my head. Like, uh, you probably should watch that one day. And then one day it just, it just seems like the time, time. to start. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's just that time. Yeah. I mean, with TV, there's so much good stuff. And like you said, it's so easy to kind of stay up on what people are talking about. One thing I wish that I was better at is trying new forms. Like I, every time I watch a good documentary, I'm so happy. Like yeah. I just, I feel really great that I watched it and, you know, but I, that's a genre that I have a hard time just like, Hey, you know what we should do? Let's watch a documentary. It feels, yeah. you know, overwhelming to figure out which one, just like anything else. So, um, I do feel like, I do feel like, when it's, when it comes to breaking out of a genre. And I think with books and music, it's the same. I'm pretty good at finding new things within a safe genre that I know I'll like, but when it comes to truly experimenting and podcasts, you know, I listen to a yeah. fair amount of podcasts, but I tend to listen to podcasts that are kind of like the one that we make and kind yeah. of like yeah. all the other ones that I listen to. I know there's some great, like nonfiction, like store, like the moth and story, strangers, yeah. um, you know, things that I, I'm pretty sure I would love. And it's something about like, okay, now I'm going to listen to a podcast. And do you go to the familiar or do you try something new? So I do think that's interesting. There's almost always a reward to trying out new media, I think, because there's very little, I mean, if you don't like the book or you don't like the podcast, you just, you can just give it up. It's not like you haven't paid a whole bunch of money or anything. So I think, I think it's good to be in the habit of trying new things, but it is interesting so how we get in I our, have, I have two thoughts about that. One is I think with documentaries and the same way, like I never think to 
get into a documentary, but when I do, I'm always glad I did. I find that if you watch something by a director or a production company that you really like, you're probably going to like the rest. Like I've liked mm-hmm. every one of like Netflix has a series of um, food oriented documentaries. I've every time I've seen one, it's been great. So I just kind of trust those. Um, yeah. I like like Anthony Bourdain's. Um, uh-huh. He does a lot of different stuff, TV and long yes. TV, and I don't even, you wouldn't really call it a documentary necessarily, but it kind of has that feel. I yes. know anything he's in, I'm going to like. So right. like I can, that's a brand I can trust. Another thing I've done is to make it more likely that I would do that kind of thing, and this takes some planning and isn't always easy to do with kids when you have little kids at home. But I've actually gone to like events where they're screening documentaries because then mm. I'm sort of forced to do it. Yeah. Like I went with Jenna, we went to this little art place in our town and watched a documentary about asparagus farming, which oh my actually was real. I know I would never literally never have watched this documentary had it just popped up in my Netflix, you know, screen right. or something. But it was like we were in this room with people who were taking like trying something new, like all these people were out watching mm-hmm. a movie about asparagus farming um, <laughs> on a Thursday night or whatever. And it was interesting. I learned a lot. It was well done. And it was like, a, it was well worth my time. It gave Jen and I something to talk about. It was a novel experience. Like, yes, I, that's not something I do all the time. So sometimes I think you have to look for opportunities to maybe kind of force you to do, yeah. to take in new kinds of like completely new kinds of media like that. Um, yeah. So and diversi- done that. diversifying your social and friend groups too, is a great way to do that. You know, if you have a friend who, you know, is connected to the art world or the live music scene, or, you know, who loves to go see live comedy, you know, the more, um, and again, it all comes back to making a priority to set aside some of this time for ourselves, knowing that there's not all that much of it. I do think back to the books and media thing. It is so interesting how, how curated it's possible to be now. Like I'm thinking of channel flipping, like nobody flips channels anymore. So you're not likely to stumble on something. Um, And even with books, I mean, you talked about browsing a bookstore, but it's also so easy to just look at Goodreads and look at curated lists that are, that are similar to your interests, which is great if what your goal is to find more things that you'll like, but it's, it's fair. It's an interesting thought of how that, how that has affected our ability to just dabble or just try, you know, try something new. Another thing I will add to that is like ever since working for the radio station, I have to say it has really opened my eyes to how much I live in a small town. It's very easy I mean, our town is about 10,000 people. It is the county seat. So we are the biggest. (laughs) (laughs) We're like a small town surrounded by like much smaller towns. Tinier Um, towns. Tinier towns. And so it's really easy to kind of poo-poo the the offerings here and think like there's nothing going on. There's nothing you can do. And I have to say like now working for the radio station, there is a ton of stuff going on. You just have to keep your eyes open. Yeah. I think you also have to kind of make sure that the the social feed that you're consuming isn't too focused on like national politics to the extent that you miss everything else. I know that's been a big focus lately, but it's like, it's really easy to kind of get this idea that like, there's not really much going on because the feeds you're following or the pages you're following or the people who Mm -hmm. are most vocal in your feed aren't talking about those things. Um, I remember there was like a children's film festival that's been happening in this town for, I don't know, years, like since I've lived here and I just found out about it. I think last year because a friend of mine who was a little bit connected a little differently invited me and I was like, what? And (laughs) then suddenly I started noticing the pamphlets everywhere, like at the coffee shop. Oh my gosh, there's a brochure about it sitting right there. Has it been there this whole time? And I just wasn't opening my eyes. Um, Another thing I did recently was I went to a Pecha Kucha event, which is all over the place. What just came out of your mouth? I don't even know. (laughs) Pecha Kucha. I believe it's P E C H A. K-U-C-H-A. And what it is, is like community members get together, um, people in the community, and do seven 
I want to say six or seven minute presentations. They're like 20 slides each. Oh. The slide can only be up for 20 seconds. So I went to one of these and it was awesome because it was this, first of all, it was so well attended. I couldn't believe it, but it was like me running into all of the different circles of people that I know. They were all sort of like coming together in this place. So I had my theater friends and like my artsy people. And then I had like the businessy people that I knew and like the, just the sort of creative entrepreneur types and then just regular people. It was like everybody was at this event and some of the presentations were great almost professional quality, like Ted talk kind of thing. Right. Some were very amateur and it made it really cool. I really, really enjoyed that. Not just because I got to hear, you know, all these different stories being told about people who live near me, but also um, just seeing all these people out kind of engaged in something like that was really, really cool. So I can, I think I might actually apply to do one myself. So that again, is- that's something I wouldn't have known about had I not been listening Yep. Because and and focused on the local, you know, it's so funny. We started this conversation. We admitted that we didn't really have like a, like a straight outline for today's show, but I think it's so, I think it's really cool. The tie in between play and dabbling and creativity and trying new things. And what we just kind of arrived at, which is your local community. I, we would not, I, we would not have started out with that tie in, (laughs) but I want to say a couple of things on that idea of your micro or your local or your neighborhood community, because I totally agree with what you're saying about, um, kind of these broader themes and a more national Facebook feed or whatever you're looking at versus what's happening in your actual town. And that's not just about politics, but events, like you're saying, um, I think local library is a great, like I still, I take my kids to the library quite a bit and, um, we've only lived in this town for about two and a half years. And so, especially in the beginning, I was really hungry for local stuff. I just wanted to get to know this new town. And so I would look at the, you know, there'd be a table outside the library with all these kind of hokey little events, like, Oh, it's a little book club or it's like a knitting circle or whatever it was, but it's, um, you know, keeping an eye on those community bulletin boards, like your local coffee shop, the things that are happening with your schools. Um, really, there's so much, I think there's so much satisfaction in maintaining some ties to your community. I'm really inspired by people who make it a point to be, and you don't have to be involved like on every committee, but just to be um, tuned into what's happening around you. Because just like you say, Megan, in your small town, there, there's a film festival. There was the Machu Picchu thing, whatever, like, (laughs) (laughs) um, so yes, I'm just nodding emphatically and offering the library and local coffee shops as a place where, you know, just take a minute to scan the bulletin board. Maybe there's a pole dancing class. Maybe there's, You know, and um, the and honestly, the, sometimes just looking at what's there is inspiring in and of itself. Like sometimes yes. that's just an activity, just looking and yeah. seeing what there is, even if you're not going to participate in those particular things. I find that really fun, actually. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, well, this has been really fun. So other than your upcoming pole dancing experience, which you're going to report back on, anything so. else? Anything else new on the horizon the next few months even? Well, speaking to um, speaking to my box of embroidery kit supplies that have been sitting here like lingering, not lingering is not the right word, suffering, <laughs> just sitting here, just waiting for me to use them. And the issue I pointed out earlier with the fact that every time I take it out, Clara wants to get involved. I actually have a friend who um, is running a knitting circle and she's been bugging me to go. And I really don't have any interest in knitting right now. But right. the other day I texted her and I was like, would you be okay if I just came to knitting circle, but I brought my own project? And she said, absolutely. 
I'm just going to bring my, you know, embroidery to knitting circle. And I love that one, but I'll be getting it done. I won't have to worry about, um, you know, having to turn Clara down, (laughs) which she begs to join in. So that's another thing on the horizon for me. What about you? You know, this isn't qualify as trying something new, but maybe getting back to something. And that is I'm having my neighbor friends over for a glass of wine this week. Um, I think I've mentioned on the show before when we do wine night, it's like people come in their pajamas with their Ugg boots and bring like an open bag of chips. It's like, you know, I straighten up my house a little bit, but not a lot. So it's so low key. And it just goes back to what we're talking about of, you know, being connected in your, in your real life and not just online. So that's not something new, but it's definitely something that we needed to get back to because it had been many months um, since we'd done that. So I felt good about sent that text out yesterday and have a couple ladies coming over this week. Um, I am, here's I'm going to a PTA meeting tomorrow night. I don't know how I feel about that. I know. Um, you know, we're at this brand new school that actually did not even have a parent organization because it, literally the school is brand new. So now there's one in place. I'm not I'm not involved in any way and I'm not really planning on jumping into involvement in the PTA. I've been involved in the classroom and I've been involved in some other things helping the school. But, um, you know, big committees and big meetings have never been my thing. We've talked about that if you're a longtime listener. But it is something new for me because it's really important to me that I kind of know what's going on with this new school. There's a lot going on. And so that's new for me. I'm going to a PTA meeting. And you'll, I'm sure you'll get something of value out of it. And maybe you'll find a way to be plugged in in a way that works for you. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I'm getting, getting out of my rut and not hiding at home away from a meeting, which is more <laughs> what I would be what likely would to, do. to do. I'll have yeah. to think about my, I don't have any like super creative hobbies on the horizon for this spring, but I'll have to, now, now I'm inspired to think about now that. You're inspired to start pole dancing. Yeah, like yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not at all inspired. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm inspired to see you do it and okay, see those well, pictures. Well, <laughs> well, this has been really fun. If you um, listeners have not caught our other More Than Mom Hour episodes, they're kind of loosely grouped on our website. I'll link to the other ones. But sometimes we talk about food and recipes. Um, we talked about decorating our houses last time. So um, it's kind of every every couple of months we like to do this. Just set aside all the mom stuff and and talk about something else. So this was really fun. This was very fun. Looking forward um, to doing another one of these in the future. Definitely. Real quick, just wanted to ask people to leave us a quick iTunes rating or review if you've not done that. Um, it just really continues to help our show. We just love reading every single review that comes in. But perhaps even more importantly, it continues to let the iTunes, the gods of iTunes know that people are listening to this show, that it continues to offer good content. So if that's something you've been meaning to do, if that's something new for you that you don't know how to do, we even have a little tutorial on our website that i'll link to so everything yeah, here or if you're be- listening on stitcher or something else like that that also yep. totally counts and we value yeah, everyone subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast for sure so um and just one more reminder that shootalong.com slash the mom hour will take you to the page where you can look at their upcoming eight-week photography course um, which starts march 13th and use the code the mom hour to save 10 percent. so thanks again to shootalong for sponsoring this episode do some cool stuff and take good pictures of it. Win win. Yeah. yeah. Love it. All right, everybody. We'll talk you to you next week. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks 
nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes. Hey, everyone, we have a favor to ask. If you are an Apple Podcasts user, can you check really quickly to make sure you're still following the Mom Hour? Apple did one of their big software updates recently, and it changed a bunch of things about how you get the podcasts you're subscribed to. If Apple Podcasts is your podcast app of choice, all you have to do is find your way to our show page and then click the little plus sign or follow in the top right corner. Thanks so much.